0: Everyone, and welcome to one chillport podcast episode 244 I'm Benjamin Yoder here today talk to you about video games although the main one I've been playing is Pokemon Channel still and by playing I say that in quotes um, you know I talked a little bit about this last week basically for Pokemon Channel it's a game where you sit down with Pikachu and watch TV um, however I don't think at the time I think I only played one one night of the game at the time Um, There's about a week's worth of content in this game. It does have like the clock timer uh, that it uses similar like Animal Crossing on the GameCube where it tracks the system clock. And that determines, you know, how frequently you can do stuff in the game. So that determines like how quickly they roll channels out to you when you get um, items delivered to you. Um, when you can progress, when you can go to new areas, all those things. So it's, it's a game very much on a timer and it seems to be spread out with about a week in mind. Um, and so today I went ahead and finished it essentially, Um, There does seem to be some additional content there. Um, As I go into this a little further, you might see why I'm not super interested in uh, uh, maybe watching anymore or playing anymore. Uh, But yeah, I think the biggest kind of takeaway I had between um, last week where I talked a little bit about the TV watching aspect of the game... Is kind of what the focus of the game is, um, because I, I think I kind of touched on this last week. But basically, it is very much a pet simulator more than anything else. You are essentially watching TV with Pikachu for the main component of the game. You know, you can watch the TV channels, but honestly, there's just not that much interesting stuff that actually appears on there. You know, you can watch Slowpoke very slowly tell you the weather. You can find, like, random news stories. Like, like, it all, if you play Tomodachi Collection and Tomodachi Life, it actually feels very similar to that game. But Tomodachi Collection and Tomodachi Life have kind of a sense of humor to it that I think is a bit more broad. In the case of this game, it feels very much like you're playing, um, something that's kind of aimed specifically towards children in terms of the humor level. Um, you know, you kind of watch the, the, well, most of the time, not all the time. But when it comes to like the TV content specifically, a lot of the humor on the TV just feels very like this is I turned on the TV, you know, during a school day around like, you know, 10 a.m. And it's a kid's uh, channel. And it it just feels like that kind of content of like this is for the kids who aren't at school kind of thing because they're too young. Um, So the channel itself or the the channels themselves, I think, feel very um, bland to watch. Honestly, Uh, I, I can't think of too many channels that I actually like, sat down and enjoyed watching. Um, so, you know, considering that's the backbone of the game, that's a little disappointing. However the real focus of that game is really Pikachu. Pikachu is who you're supposed to be paying attention to. Pikachu is the one who's supposed to be enjoying TV, essentially. It is like you sitting at home with a child and they want to watch TV and they're going to sit there and be like, I want to watch this. And you're like, we already watched this like four times Pikachu. And he's like, I want to watch this. So you turn it to that channel and you just kind of like watch Pikachu watch something kind of thing. And it's like, boy, this is uh real exciting um but where the fun comes into play i feel like is when pikachu starts interacting with the environment and you start to leave the house um so essentially you have a backyard you can go into and you can do some gardening there's like a bunch of pokemon floating around in all the areas of the game and then you can also get like bus passes that basically take you um to different regions and at those different regions there's different things to do um there's like you can like play tic-tac-toe in the sand at the beach go fishing um You can also like watch a concert in a couple different places and things like that. So you kind of go out there, explore, meet Pokemon, um, and then also, uh, you know, just interact with a lot of little mini games and stuff like that, right? Nothing deep, nothing like, oh man, this is a great gameplay experience, Um, It's just kind of something you can do if you want to kind of thing. It feels like something you should check in on for like maybe 30 minutes a day and then kind of leave it at that. Maybe like maybe actively engage with the game for about 30 minutes where you're going around different areas, talking to different Pokemon and then go home and then just let Pikachu watch TV for 30 minutes. And as time goes on, Pikachu gets a lot more active in the environment. He'll start changing the TV channel. So I was playing today and more or less Pikachu was just driving on his own, going Go into whatever channels he wants, and then he'll just do random things where he's just like, "I'm just gonna, you know, buy this thing." He, you have given Pikachu your credit card information, and he is ready to use it. And he will just watch the shopping channel, and you get to choose because your like screen's like a, a purchase or, or is a touch screen, so you can choose to purchase or or not. And then like you can make that decision. Then Pikachu's just like, and touches it, and he's just like, "Okay." Or we have now ordered a new TV, Pikachu. Um, and the credit card company will not reimburse me. So, um, but the fact of the matter is, is that the money in the game is like not that important. So like the fact that Pikachu can spend your money and it feel somewhat wasteful, um, isn't a big deal. It's, it's more about the, 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 there's a little bit of investment to the point that it's, it makes it feel a little like, Oh my gosh, Pikachu, what are you doing? Like you have that little reaction to it because it was completely just like, you can just, you know, except to buy anything without spending money, it might not be as impactful. But, you know, it's just that right balance of just like, there's a little investment you have, and then Pikachu goes and spends some of that investment. You're just like, okay, well, all right, Pikachu, if that's what you want to do, we got a new TV coming in tomorrow. (laughs) So, uh, and most like the things that are really important, that game are super, super cheap, you can get them really easily. Um and then a lot of the fun is just also seeing what Pikachu does in the environment itself you know he he will essentially you know run around the beach do random things he'll be like I'm going to dig in this hole I'm going to get a ball out of it then you're going to play catch with them things like that he, there's one time where he's just like I want to go away to the faraway island and you're just like "Oh, okay so like is this like a prompt for us to go to the island that's in the distance. Like is there like a boat we're going to get on? So I clicked yes. And then Pikachu just like turns around. And starts running into the ocean. And then he gets like way far out. And then he just starts like spinning in a circle. And there's just like a text box that appears. that says like Pikachu almost drowned. <laughs> and then he runs back. And he just comes back to you. And he's like. uh oh, <laughs> Pika P- 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 Kind of thing. So. Just like stupid stuff like that. It's, it's, it's fun in that way. Like if you are completely. Or. Pretty much almost completely disengaged with that game. Treat it like a Pocket Pikachu, like right. What you're getting is the novel experience of interacting with Pikachu, and in the case of this being a GameCube game, um, you know, it has a little bit more depth than a Pocket Pikachu. But but I say definitely less depth than say like a Tomodachi Collection or a Tomodachi Life, even. And those games don't have a lot of depth already. If you don't know what those games are, I actually did a review of Tomodachi Collection for the DS, um, so I'll link that at the end of the video, or hopefully if I'm being on top of things, link it at this part of the video as well as like a card or. Whatever it'll be in the description, I don't know why. Usually, I just say things that are linked in the description. I don't know why I got complicated with that, but yeah, so it's just kind of like a fun thing to just leave on in the background and see what Pikachu does. Um, there's not nearly enough content there that I think would justify the cost. I think it was a full retail purchase at the time, being like 50 bucks. Um, it, it feels like something that should be a download, uh, kind of thing, uh, just like a $10 download that they're like, oh. You know, we had a Nintendo Direct. We showed off the cool new Pokemon. Also, you want to play with Pikachu? Go to the eShop today and download your Pikachu and do that. Um, It feels like that kind of thing. So, so, you know, obviously that was not an avenue available at the time on the GameCube. Kind of like a Yoshi Touch and Go situation where, like, maybe it's just the, the fact, like, the idea just didn't fit the medium that games could be delivered upon, basically. So, anyways, I think it's fun. Um, I, I think it's definitely well worth a look if you're able to kind of disconnect yourself in that way from it. And because it's only a week, it doesn't feel like a huge commitment, um, to really like spend a ton of time on it. Um, uh, like I think the problem I have with love plus at times is that love plus kind of feels like this thing that has this really long tail to it that I don't really know when it's going to end, and it's hard for me to stay motivated that long. And in the case of Pokemon Channel, like, it was about a week was about enough. I think I've seen everything I need to see with that game. I think there should be more variety in that title in terms of the mini games they provide to you, or, like, little things you watch. You can go to concerts, but it's always the same concert every time. Or maybe there's, like, a little weird goof that happens. Like, there's one time where, like, a Slowpoke has, like, this big, tam, or, I don't know, like, a... What's it called? Like a gong kind of thing? Where it's like the big golden disc... And, like, usually at the end of the song, Slowpoke hits that thing with his, his tail. But at the very beginning of the song, he hits it, and then everybody falls over, basically. And it's like, okay, that's like a fun random chance goof kind of thing. But the song itself, every time you go back, is always the same. So there's a couple things in the game I didn't do. There is, like, a weather system, and some things can only be done under certain weather conditions. Specifically, going and looking at the stars at night. You need a clear sky at night. And I did have a clear sky yesterday, um, but I was busy working on stuff, and I forgot about it. So I meant to check in and just didn't do it. So whoops. Um, I don't know if I'm going to go back for that. I might just YouTube it. Um, one thing I will say, so there is something on there that's called the Pichu brothers. It's like a little, uh, Pokemon OVA animated short kind of thing. It's about the, once you have all the sections of the Pichu brother episodes, they deliver to you in five different parts. Um, once you have all the sections, it's about a full episode of a Pokemon anime. And you know, I'm, I have not watched the Pokemon anime recently um But you know that you have the characters in those episodes and stuff. So the so you have a, lo- a lot more dialogue happening. In the case of the Pichu brothers, it's just the Pokemon kind of interacting with each other, right? And like a narrator occasionally. And I seem to recall there being some things like this in the past for like OVAs. It'll be like Pikachu Summer Vacation or something like that, right? And I don't think there's really any people involved. It's just Pokemon kind of going around and doing stuff. And it's kind of novel in that way. Like it, it, it is something that feels different from the main show. Um, But it just feels a a lot less engaging. Meowth is there, so Meowth can talk. But it just feels like something that I'm I'm just not really interested in. So I just kind of was like, okay. Um, But they want you to watch that show. um, At the very least, if you play through that entire game, you will watch that show twice um when you finish the game there's like another time that they are kind of like hey you should watch the show um interestingly enough it's in japanese and they don't provide subtitles but they're probably just assuming that like okay you know the the story and then also between uh uh segments on tv there'll be commercials for the other channels and so pikachu will be like i want to watch that i want to watch that so if the p2 brothers commercial comes on it's not uncommon for pichu to be like or pikachu to be like hey I want to watch that. And you can't be a jerk and say, no, Pikachu. We're not watching that. But like I said, this is about taking care of Pikachu. It's about Pikachu, not you. So you just go and watch the Pichu Brothers again. So I have maybe watched the Pichu Brothers more than I'd like. And then by the time, by the last time they're like, okay, watch it in Japanese now, I was just like, oh my gosh. <sighs> There's like a song that begins like Pichu Brothers. No, 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 no um the, the japanese version is like a like an idol singer that's like pichu 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 so the the japanese version is a li- little more pleasant to listen to <laughs> um uh but yeah they have this like gruff kind of voice for the english one i totally understand why they did it though because the song sounds very like bluesy kind of thing so they want like a with, like a deep voice with like a raspy sound to it so pokemon channel worth checking out i might do a casual review on that one um, I'm still kind of trying to figure out uh, things coming up here. Uh, j- just to, to be upfront with you, um, the next month—I I know I said this is about this is when uh, things were going to get easier and I could focus a bit more. Uh, the next month actually got a bit busy, um, so we're going to see where things go um, on that stuff. But I do have to get that panel done, so that is the absolute focus of mine for now. But just as a heads up, um, so we'll see how content flow happens is probably gonna be something that I kind of figure out as we go for the moment. So anyways, Um, all that aside, also played some more of the first soldier, just grinding my daily. I log in for like an hour or 30 minutes to an hour a day and just like, okay, I did this. Uh, nothing really new there. Uh, we'll talk about a little bit more in the news though. Uh, strange brigade. Um, we were done last week, but the DLC went on sale. So we decided to go ahead and just wrap up the DLC. I don't think the DLC for strange brigade is worth it. It's kind of just like reusing a lot of assets from the main game. Um, and some of those things are more interesting, but like the game itself, I think just kind of lacks the, 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 the depth that needs to stay interesting. And I feel like the DLC was maybe a little easier than the last level of the game too. So yeah, I don't know. It was okay, though. And we also played some more God Eater 3, working on that. Um, we did not do any story. There's, like, these series of, of missions that Ayn gives you, which, if you played the other God Eater games, you'll know who Ayn really is really easily. Um, but anyway, so we, we went ahead and played through, like, Ayn missions, but they were, like... I think it took us like two to three hours to get through and they really didn't give us anything. And there's like seven sets of them. So maybe at the end of all those iron missions, there's a cutscene. There probably is some kind of dialogue or story, but I think, uh, going forward for now, we're just going to focus on the main post story content. And then if we feel like it, we'll go back to the iron missions, um, for that. So, Um, This is usually more than like the news segment, but because I don't have a lot to talk about in terms of what I've been playing, I did want to talk about a few games I was looking at this week that kind of caught my eye. Um, I think we may have talked about this one before. It's called Let's Play Curling. It's by Imagineer, so the fitness boxing people. And uh, it's basically just a curling game. Um, There's a little bit of a gimmick to it where sometimes you can have like penguins on the curling ball things. I don't know what you'd call them, discs. Um, and, like, you can kind of bounce these penguins around. Um, but it reminds me a lot of, like, Decca Sports in terms of its aesthetics. And, like, I don't know why that kind of aesthetic appeals to me. I like that kind of, like, I don't know. It's probably just that, like, that kind of, like, Wii, like, Japanese dev with a not-a-lot-of-budget kind of look to their games. Uh, it's, it's, it's maybe not as, as, as polished as, like, a Wii-ski kind of thing. But, but it kind of has, like, a very, like, cutesy anime character look but maybe a bit more simplified kind of thing but um yeah I'm kind of somewhat interested in it just because I'm just like yeah curling game sure I don't know um I'm, I'm I'm tempted by a game that's totally dedicated to curling but there's plenty of other games that have curling in it I don't know how curling works um but I actually don't know if it's coming out in English um I think the the subtitles like everybody plays curling or something like that so um which you know kind of comes close to the uh what was it called everybody, maybe I'm thinking of something else I think I think I think I'm of like everybody' Sukiri, I think is what I'm thinking of that like p s p game I don't know why I'm thinking of that that kinda has a similar look in some ways, where it's like these kind of very generic looking um like anime characters in this kind of budget game everybody's security is a fun game though if you have not played it for PSP you should check it out not a lot of depth to it basically it's just like 12 mini games kind of has that WarioWare problem that people have well maybe I should say knockoff WarioWare problem where um the mini games themselves are it's all about like variety but the mini games go on a bit too long for the depth they have um where like a game like WarioWare just knows like perfectly when to cut those off kind of thing um so yeah minigame collections in general i think uh, r- r- walk a very fine line because they never feel amazing to play so you need the novel part to be there just long enough that the player is interested in it but not have the like lack of production value get in the way of the player enjoying themselves playing it so well there was a game futu futu park for the wii very much had that problem i think there's a ds version of that as well where it feels like it's trying to be like off-brand wario but just the pacing is just so out of whack that it, it, it's it's kind of terrible to play. So, um, there's also some like very budget-looking games that I was looking at. One of these were on Switch. It's called Food Delivery Battle. It looks like a kind of I guess you could call it uh, crazy taxi Mario Kart mix, where you are a food delivery person on a bike. And you basically bike around town, and I'm guessing you're not picking up people; you're just dropping their food off. So you, I don't know really have to pick the food up, but you at least have to go drop it off at the person. Has a very like crazy taxi, like looking field around them, where's like a big, you know, series of lights coming up, and you have to park in it to like turn it in um and and you have like a bunch of like uh competing i assume bots going around as well um and so you you have like mario kart power-ups and things like that you have to drive through traffic and all that stuff it looks kind of neat um it's like four bucks it's on it's on uh steam switch ps4 i don't know if it came out on xbox um it's only like 4 bucks too. So I'm somewhat tempted to check it out. Um but I did uh, go to the the developers like TikTok channel. I was kind of curious. They had a TikTok link on their things. So I was like, "Sure, I'll go to this like budget indie dev TikTok channel." And it's like we have a delivery driver VTuber. <laughs> and so it's like this this dude uh in like uh uh using this like anime girl with like the bike helmet on or whatever. And I was, like, flicking through those videos. And some of them are just, like, promotional videos for the games. But then one was him playing, like, a coin pusher. Which if you don't know, that's like those arcade games. Kind of, I think they're called metal games as well. Those, those games where you have like coins that you like throw at something through like a machine or something. And it like pushes the coins out kind of thing. And so it was like the, them playing as a VTuber playing the coin pusher kind of thing. And like a demon spawned at the top, top of the coin pusher. And you had to like throw the coins at the demon. So I'm like, man, this is like Legend of Coin. And then also it has co-op. Um, and it seems like you can either do a bot co op and you, you can go to some service called like Vroid or something like that, which basically lets you download like V, VR avatars and then basically populate them in the game and you'll play with them kind of thing. And it's, it's kind of funny. Um, but it does have online co op as well. And I was like tempted to like tempt somebody to play online with me and be like, yeah, multiplayer coin pusher. So it's actually called old, old, co- old coin pusher friends i think that's only on steam i don't think that's on switch so um but yeah it was kind of a fun thing to like flip through and look at i am tempted to check out old coin pusher friends maybe more so than food delivery battle so it's time it's time for the patreon question you know what that means i talk about uh the fact that there are there are currently no new patreon questions as again as expected I expected this to happen. However, if you do want to ask a Patreon question, all you got to do is go to the Patreon at the $3 level. Um that basically lets you submit stuff. Um and then also there's like a $5 level you can do with bonus content, all that good stuff. I did like a podcast this week about or last week about like um uh wiring the cabling under my desk and stuff for the uh the new capture setup and everything. So All the good fun time thing with that. I don't really have anything planned in the short term for the Patreon, so I got to figure some stuff out for that. Probably be another article reading here shortly, because that's like a fairly easy thing to do. And the next month being kind of busy, I probably don't have a lot of space to kind of try out something new right now, unfortunately. So that will probably be what it will be um, for for whatever the next piece of content is for that. Um, But yeah, so since there's no new Patreon questions, I'm using uh, levelskip.com's. 50 questions to ask a gamer I think is what it's called something along those lines but they have a list of questions that they offer as suggestions for you to ask to a gamer if you want to um and this week's question is what is your favorite fighting class so in this situation they only offer you three they offer you warrior mage and rogue I feel like that is incredibly limiting (laughs) um so let me answer their question separately second the the first thing I do want to talk about is my personal ideal class in a game, and it's something that I um, is very much informed by um, Fancy Star Online, the um, the uh, you know online uh, game for Dreamcast, Xbox, GameCube, PS2 or not PS2 did not come out on PS2, came out on PC, Dreamcast, GameCube, Xbox, um, and the class that I ended up playing in that title was the Marl or Fomar, sorry, not Fomarl, and Fomar was a class that is very much, um, focused on, um, offensive melee attacks in combination with, um, spells. A typical use case for Fomar would be, um, uh, I believe mainly doing, uh, buffs, so you do, like, uh, attack up, defense up, things like that, um, there are other ways you can use your spells, but it, it adds a lot of diversity to your character because you do have the ability to do like up close melee damage. You can do ranged attacks to some degree. Uh, it's not that great, but you could make it work. Uh, Fantasy Star Online is very much from that era of online game with a lot of customization, kind of allowing you to build your character out how you want to. And then, uh, you also had your magic, uh, aspects and they, he wasn't particularly good at all of them, but he was a kind of a unique combination of those things. In some way um and i really like that play style that is something that i've always very much enjoyed um and so i have always preferred games that have a class that give you the ability to do like melee combat in combination with magic i think there's just a lot of cool variety with that it lets you use a lot of the kind of like close combat spells rather than like in, in in uh like with the other mage class where you typically would do something a bit more further ranged kind of thing So it was always something that I really enjoyed and it bled into a lot of future games. When I played Paladin in Final Fantasy XI, a lot of that came down to I wanted to play a melee class with support skills um, or support magic, I should say. And ultimately at the time, I didn't know Paladin was a tank class. Um, but, uh, that was something that I started playing Paladin with the intention of, and eventually way, way, way down the line, as much as I always wanted to be like a melee damage character with healing magic, basically, um, (laughs) and, in Final Fantasy 11, um, when the game got to the point that you could play it solo, um, with like the trust systems and things like that, I did finally play the game that way rather than just falling into the tank roll so I did like a paladin slash dark knight setup and it was really fun I'm glad I got to do that I'm glad I was able to sit down and like really explore what that moveset would look like um it is a bit limiting in the terms of the offensive magic you can do um but I do I do like that kind of makeup so that is always my preferred class, kind of like a, a support magic melee character. Uh, offensive magic is also pretty cool there, but it's not as important to me as like support magic melee. Of these three that they provide, though, um, if I were to play a game, I think it really depends on the the composition of what, like, like if I'm playing something single player or if I'm playing something multiplayer um, I think if I'm playing something single player, just for the sake of just making sure I'm well-rounded, I usually will go warrior. I just like having the ability to kind of, you know, deal with stuff in a very straightforward way and not run into situations where I have like a unique problem because of another class I chose. But if I going to play multiplayer, I always prefer rogue. I think I just like kind of that, like, um, fast movement, uh, uh, light, but like often, you know fast damage kind of thing. Uh, I played like a lot of archery kind of characters. Those are fun. Um and I like uh I like actually and going back to Final Fantasy 11, I like thief a lot there too because thief at least in the the old days would be more about positioning. You kind of move around and you could like uh kind of depending on you could do like a backstab attack that did a lot of damage, but then you also had like trick strikes that basically would say when you do damage um you basically tell them or like trick the monster into thinking that somebody else did the damage. Um, So you, in in the, the old days of Final Fantasy XI, this would be in combination with your like backstab. So you'd have the party lineup always be the tank in front, the monster. And then behind the monster, you had a secondary person who could also take damage. And then you had the thief behind that. And then you would do the the sneak attack, trick attack, and then like a weapon skill and just do a ton of damage. So you can kind of bounce it back and forth. That is something that eventually kind of went away. And eventually the the kind of sneak attack, trick attack part uh kind of was broken up into two separate things you had a sneak attack that you would do and then you would do like a trick attack later and trick attack does increase your damage as well so there's a reason to do it outside of just like putting the blame on somebody else basically um but but yeah that's something that changed over time but i like i like that aspect so anyways that was an okay question i feel like um I, uh, some of these are, are i'm a little mixed on but anyways i will go ahead and put the uh, the podcast question up again this week so if you are a part of the Patreon. Feel free to ask any podcast questions that pod pad quest podcast questions that you want, and I'll be happy to answer it. Um, and then, uh, yeah, and then again at the five dollar level, you get some bonus content, typically audio stuff right now, but occasionally some video. But I will say, the next month probably going to be fairly light on uh, on Patreon content, unfortunately. But I'll get something up at the very least. So it's time for news. I need like real transitions between these segments. <laughs> I don't know why suddenly I need segments. I don't know. The Patreon thing, I feel. I think the reason why I feel that way is because the Patreon thing feels a little disruptive, that it's like this hard cut that I do now rather than just kind of rolling into it. So it just feels different. So I feel the need to break up segments. Probably don't. Probably don't need to make noises into your ear every time I start changing topics. It's time. It's time for Buddy Mission Bond talk again. Uh, Nothing new in terms of the games themselves. Game is still there, still living. Uh, I'm still a big Buddy Mission Bond fan that has not beaten it. I have not played it since the holidays, unfortunately, so I'm desperate, please. I would love to play more Bunny Mission Bond. I still have like a third of the game left. It is so long. Um, The reason I'm bringing this up, though, is that they're doing another live show. So the previous live show was like one of those kind of voice actor uh, stage shows where you had voice actors on stage kind of delivering their lines with like a script in front of them, acting out to some degree, not dressed up as the characters, but dressed up in like outfits that are kind of coordinate with those characters to some degree. Um, and, and then like maybe a little bit of music mixed in, uh, and so they sold that on Blu-ray recently, um, and they had like additional goods you could buy along with it. I was not aware of the goods at the time. So they're doing another stream. Um, I think the last one you had to pay to get in and this one, I believe that's still the case. It's like 60 bucks to get into the, uh, to the, uh, the live stream. Um, but you can also, if you, if you join the live stream could purchase some more goods. Actually, let me pull up the list of goods here and just like look through them. Um but yeah there's actually like marshmallow covered chocolates that they're selling this time. I think last time it was just like chocolate chip cookies. They're doing clear files. I'm not a huge clear file fan. I just don't know what to do with clear files. If you don't know they're basically like folders that you can buy um and they're for some reason very popular in Japanese like collectibles. I don't really understand. Um there's like a photo frame, acrylic keychain, a pen stand. I kind of want the pen stand honestly. On um, this look nice, and then, just like some stickers, a blanket, I have no idea how big the blanket is. It's seven hundred by a thousand millimeters. How much is that in feet? So that's like a two by three feet blanket, it looks like, so not particularly big. I think that's fairly common for those kind of, like, collectible blankets. And then they also have, like, little uh, keychains that have various quotes from the characters on them. So you can buy them if you want. They are pricey goods. Fifty bucks for the blanket, fifteen bucks for the key, or the pen stand. And this is each, by the way. So for each of the four characters in most cases... Uh, the blankets, they only have two, one with uh, Luke and Aaron, the other one with Mokuma and um, Chelsea, so very fun, very cool. Uh, more importantly, though, this is like a a, a live event that's like a uh, musical performance more than a, a show, um, or like a, a, a voice actor show, I believe, so uh, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I will probably not do the live show, but I'm hoping, given the last uh, thing they did, that the uh it will be released on blu-ray and in that case i might actually buy that blu-ray even though it's expensive but i can justify like a a musical performance m- way more over a like you know essentially a a a really expensive drama cd with video for me like i can buy dirt cheap drama cd's but anything above like 5 bucks i'm not paying for your your drama cd unfortunately i really wish i could I want your, I want those drama CDs for Buddy Mission Bond, honestly. But when I think about the fact that I just sit there and be like, I don't understand any of this, I really can't justify it. So, you know, once, once people have thrown these boys away, I'll come up with my trash compactor mouth and be like, yes, 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 yes. I will eat up your CDs. Thank you. So beautiful, lovely Buddy Mission Bond stuff. A uh, big news story this week was that Sony buys Bungie. Um, I think it's like $3.6 billion for whatever that's worth. I did see some people positioning this as like, oh, like Sony claps back at Microsoft. And it's just way too soon act after the Activision thing. And, you know, <clears throat> obviously Sony and Microsoft are competing to some degree, right? There is that. Um, but I don't really think... I don't. Know, I don't really think that Sony is and Microsoft are doing tit for tat kind of purchases, kind of thing, right? They are. They are basically, like to my understanding, and, and this I think it's. I heard it from like Jeff Grubb um, at at Giant Bomb Games. Beat. He, he just mentioned the fact that like because of how interest rates are right now and just kind of the market in general, it's just a good time to buy, and it makes more sense to put your money into a resource rather than hold on to it. And, and so these publishers or, or console platform holders are investing money in these, these, these developers um, for other reasons that are not just, oh, we're taking Bungie away from Microsoft. If anything, at least so far, Sony's saying that uh, they're going to remain multi-platform for now. Microsoft says the same thing about Bethesda, right? And then now they're saying that Starfield's not not going to be multi-platform. Obviously, they leave the caveat of like the current p- games on the system are going to stay multi-platform and, and be part of the PlayStation family. But when we're talking about new games, that that's kind of up in the air. So anyways, um, but the, the kind of justification it seems like Sony gave for this was to basically have uh, more live service games that they want to kind of build out and Bungie is going to help them do that. Um, or at least like it helped the, it, with the advice on that, essentially. So um, we'll see uh, how that goes, if that results in some kind of exclusivity game in the future. I would not be surprised if it didn't, if they just put it on PS5 and PC or something. But Destiny 2 is still a thing trucking along. I will be honest with you, I don't hear anything about Destiny 2 anymore. So I, I at least, you know, I'm not going to say that that doesn't mean it's do, not doing well. Obviously, Ark and things like that are things that I never hear about, but they're I assume still immensely, um, popular, so, but, uh, yeah, they, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see, like, like how much of a value that will be from Sony, and how much as, like, a player that will actually affect, you know, uh, somebody's ability to, to play a Sony game, and, like, what that means for, for, like, is there a new Sony console exclusive, like, IP from Bungie? I'm, I'm kind of curious, but, I feel like at this point, Destiny probably needs a refresh, but I could be wrong. Again, I don't know anything about video games. Just as somebody who is completely disconnected from Destiny 2 feels like a game that probably should move on. But I don't know. Hey, maybe just make a new IP and then keep making Destiny 2 content on the side. Maybe that's the better thing to do. Keep a, like a, a, a B team or, or secondary team or whatever. So anyways, so that happened and, and life goes on. Um, but yeah, I just kind of feel like Bungie has not really been in the news lately, so it's a little hard to sit there and be like, oh, like, this is this is a huge, huge deal. Um, not necessarily comparing it to Activision, but just, like, doesn't feel like, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like it would be a bigger deal if this happened, like, right after Destiny 2 came out or something. So, anyways, I hope that works out for Sony. Hope that works out for Bungie. Hope that is results in good video game stuff happening. And then the last news story here is your favorite first soldier updates um so i believe last week we um was i think it was the day that i put the podcast up they put up a a new trailer um one for a valentine's day event but the other one was for new content including the new class they are adding dragoon as a class and basically what that Dragoon class does is they have the ability to hover around um, and then they can also do jumps. So they can jump in the air and then basically land on an enemy. Kind of looks like the, the targeting for the jump might be kind of automated to some degree, which that game probably needs, honestly. So um, and it basically looks like you jump down and you just basically knock back an enemy don't know how much damage it's going to do at this point but it looks like a fun class and probably worth worth checking out at least once they're adding some new magic as well where you can basically set two teleport points similar to like um what's that game uh team fortress 2 it's the uh engineer he can like build out teleport points and you can like go between the two you can basically set teleport points from one place to another kind of thing um i guess also like in a battle royale fashion something more recent (laughs) um i think is it wraith and apex has a similar skill where you drop portals and people can warp between them kind of thing how useful that will be you know there's a lot of ways to move in that game already but you know it probably will be somewhat useful there there are times where you want to get up on something and not everybody has the skill set to get up on it so like as a ninja you can drop a portal climb up a wall then drop another portal on top or something and maybe not have to have arrow but arrow is like so overpowered if you don't know arrow basically lets you launch yourself in the air arrow is so effective at getting you in the air i can't imagine too many situations where arrow wouldn't accomplish what you're trying to do with the teleport but we'll see see how it goes they're also adding some new weapons and stuff i think they're all legendary weapons so you know how much i'll actually interact with them is another thing once they have a flamethrower and looks really short range i don't know about that one i forget the other one is <laughs> i think it's like a rocket launcher or some sort i don't remember um but it's been a little bit since i looked at it they're also adding final fantasy 7 skins but it's like the low like poly like PlayStation ones and I think initially when those kind of things happened between games, I was I kinda excited, like this is cool that they're doing this. I feel like at this point I'm kinda dumb with them. I'm like, yeah, you could be blocky cloud. Um I feel like they're also not very accurate a lot of the time. They just feel kinda weird. Um so I could be wrong, but it just didn't look very accurate to me. So I'm not super excited about those, but, you know, whatever. Um, I just want more, like, normal clothes in that game. The less fancy the clothes, the better is usually how I feel. Um, Although I don't, like, I'm not a huge fan of just, like, just the t-shirt look. I like having a lot of different types of outfits in that, so. Anyways, that's it for news, and that's it for this week. Thanks for coming. OneControlBar.com is the website. Um if you didn't see earlier or last week I put up a podcast with a uh, video game esoterica where I talked about his experiences with the PCFX along with his PCFX video series if you didn't get a chance to check that out, I highly recommend it. Basically just a little chat or it's probably more of an interview rather than like a, a real conversation. I feel like uh, I stay pretty quiet through most of it. So if you're curious about how somebody who maybe has a little bit of a different perspective on the PCFX than me, but is, is is not just like writing it off kind of thing, um, feels about the system, I think he's a good person to, to, to listen to about that. He feels very much more in like in line with like what the retro gaming market probably wants from like a system like the PCFX. And he can see where the PCFX delivers in that regard versus i feel like a lot of people online don't even see that they just focus on the parts of the system they don't like typically so that was a big reason why i wanted to talk to him Um, so that's up and uh if you watch the youtube version there's some footage mixed in there pretty lightly edited so there's some segments where there isn't gameplay but if you just have it on the background you can glimpse over at the youtube version and sometimes see some gameplay Um, you know typically if we're talking about a specific game i'll go and put footage up for that too audio version for that available as well Last week we streamed um, some Nintendoji. We uh, I was planning to do like maybe like two runs of Nintendoji, but we ended up taking the entire stream with a single run. It actually went over longer than I thought. Um, So it is a bit long winded, I will say. So, you know, if you're just curious of what kind of game Nintendo G is maybe not the best form for that because it is just me sitting down and playing it. But I think it is a good example of how that game plays. I think the one regret I have is that the um, we we ended up like pretty low in the dungeon initially or pretty high up, I guess, because you go down into different floors. And it just was not super hard. And so we didn't really run into any situations where I was really pinched until towards the end, basically. However, I did really try hard in the stream to make sure I was using a variety of skills to show off what those look like, show you off what options they have available. Those are skills that you will use in the main game as well. um, But I did kind of maybe overkill it at times in terms of planning, considering what was going on. But I mainly just wanted to show you what was capable uh, in that game or what you're capable of in that game. So, uh, Nintendo G video, I have not touched it. Um, because of how things are going to go for the next month, I will probably solely focus on the PCFX or not PCFX panel, the panel for level up expo in the short term. I want, I need to get that done because there's, that is a hard deadline. So I got to finish that up, make a presentation, all that stuff. So that is my short term focus for now. Um, And then we're going to be starting up Evergrace next week. If you want to check that out, Evergrace is a PlayStation 2 from software game. Uh, So we'll be doing that Thursday at 7 p.m. Pacific time per usual. Go check that out on YouTube or Twitch. Um, and yeah, I think that game's going to probably take about a, a little over a month. Maybe there's two different characters you need to play through. I think their stories are fairly different as well as the like areas they go to and everything. So I think it'll be worth playing through both of them, but we'll see how we feel once we finish up the first, uh, first story with, uh, Darius. I think his name is Darius Burst. His last name's not Burst, or at least not that I know of. His first name is Darius though. So, so yeah, anyways, thank you so much for coming. OneControlBar.com is the website. Um, and I hope you have a great week. Bye.